You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Good to see you. I'm so glad you're here. So we are kicking off a brand new series, and the title of our series, over the next two weeks, the discussion we're going to be having is about what it means to not be fake, and instead what it means to take off the masks that we put on and instead actually experience Jesus. My fear, because I see it in my own life, is that we are prone to be fake. We are prone to be counterfeits. We, we are prone to pretend that everything's okay. We put on this front that life is okay, that my relationship with God is okay, but deep down inside my fear is that for many of us, we're not okay. For many of us, the facade that we put out is really fake. And what would it look like to start to live more authentic? I was just thinking of like one kind of silly example of this. Um, I don't know if any of you struggle with this, but Whenever anybody asks me, like, let's say I wake up a little late and, like, I'm supposed to be somewhere at 9 o'clock, I got to be honest with you guys. Like, I am so prone to text out this. Maybe some of you do this, too. Text out, like, I'm so sorry I'm on my way. Anybody ever say that? Like, I'm so sorry I'm on my way. What that actually means is I just woke up. You know what I mean? Like, have any of you ever done that before where you, you text out, you're like, I'm on my way, or, oh, my gosh, I'm right down the street, and that literally means you just opened your eyes for the first time. You know what I mean? Like, we're prone, we're prone to sometimes put on this front that we want other people to see. But there's going to come a time in your life, and there will be many of these moments, where you get to that point where you just can't be that fake person anymore. I, I remember recently I was in a conversation with somebody um, and, and it really didn't go well. And I actually left the conversation feeling really frustrated and really hurt. And I remember driving home and it's just one of, maybe you've had one of those conversations with a friend or someone you're in a relationship with or a parent that just kind of leaves you just like the thoughts and the words they said are just kind of like nagging at you. I remember driving home, and I just wasn't doing okay, but I kind of put on this front that everything was all right, and then I got to work the next day, and there was some more meetings and conflicts and issues that I had to resolve, and it was just like for this whole 24-hour period, I was just kind of feeling like I was getting beat down and beat down, and so I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I just kind of felt sensitive. Any of you ever been at that place before where because of just some things that have been said to you or just when it rains, it pours, you're just a little sensitive, right? And maybe usually like you're able to hold your own and someone could say something and you can kind of brush it off, but all of a sudden you're just like extra sensitive. You ever been there before? Well, I was there and I was driving home and I had one last work thing to do. I had to design this graphic. I had to design this graphic. And I remember driving home and I was like, I got this idea for this graphic. It's good going to be amazing, right? It's going to be amazing. So I get home and I'm still kind of feeling a little down, a little bummed. Maybe it's the weather and the conditions. I don't know what, but I'm just feeling bummed. And so I start designing this graphic and I come up with something that I'm so proud of. I mean, I loved what I came up with. Now, what I always do when I design these things is I'll send them over to Courtney because Courtney's our ministry coordinator and she, you know, gives some feedback and then like orders them and all that stuff. So I sent this to her. I sent her this picture and I was like, Courtney, Check out this graphic. Like, see what I did here? It's really cool. I was just really impressed with myself. And I sent her this graphic, and Courtney's so sweet. She knew that, like, I was kind of having a bad day, and so she did this. She was, like, she was like, you know what, Eric? 
let's talk on Monday about that. And I was like, oh no, I'm sensitive. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, let's talk on Monday? So I texted her, I was like, no, 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 I really want to know what you think. And she's like, no, you're great. Have family time. Let's talk on Monday because she's way healthier than I am. So I was like, no, honestly, I want to know what do you think about this? And she's like, honestly, I don't like it. And guys, like it cut. And again, it usually wouldn't, but I was just feeling sensitive, right? And so I did this, and I already told Courtney this year. But as soon as that happened, I, uh, uh, Sarah walked into the room, and I was like, Sarah, I, Sarah's my wife. I'm like, Sarah, I'm so pissed at Courtney right now. I'm so mad at Courtney. I designed this thing and she doesn't like it. What does she know? Like, I've been designing things. Like, what? And I'm like, I am so upset at Courtney. And Sarah's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Eric. Let me see it. And she looks at it and then she goes, yeah, I don't like it either. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I, and so I was like, I literally told Sarah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I was like, I was like, I need to take a walk, right? And so I was just like, I put my headphones in. I was like, I'm gonna take a worship walk. Like, I just need to get out of here. So I left the house in my running gear, which I have many outfits of that. So I'm in my running gear and, and I'm just kind of walking up the street. And, and honestly, you guys, I started praying. I was like, Lord, why am I so sensitive? Like, Courtney and I talk about designs all the time and sometimes she likes them, sometimes she doesn't. And we work through that and Sarah feels the same way. So, but it was just, it was like this culmination of things. I was just praying. I was going, God, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? And you know what word came to mind for me? Scared. I realized I was scared. Have any of you ever been scared? I'm not talking like, you know, some, like me. Your youth pastor jumps out and is like, ah, like I do to Christina. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you're just like scared about the future, scared about the unknown. And I had been so good at putting on this front that everything was okay and avoiding the reality that I was scared. And once I came to that realization, I could pray through it. I could talk with Courtney about it. I got to talk with Sarah about it. I I got to fill in other people. I got to experience God like healing me and restoring me. But it took me, it took me getting to a place where I said, I'm not going to be fake anymore. I'm not going to pretend everything's okay. I'm going to be honest that I was scared. And in this series, in these moments that we're going to spend together, and as you're processing in your small groups, I wonder what it's going to look like for you to take off that mask and for you to really be authentic with God. Can I ask you a few questions soon, students? Does your spam account, does your spam account communicate that you worship Jesus? Does the way you talk to your parents communicate that you're a part of this community and that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Do you come here and hang out and raise your hands during worship and read your Bible and answer all the right questions and then ask girls for nude pictures and hook up with anyone who will hook up with you? Do you put on the front that you're this hyper-spiritual person, but deep down inside, Jesus doesn't really have any say over any part of your life? You see, Jesus is deeply interested in the person that you are outwardly being a reflection of who you are inwardly. God's desire is not that you would put on a front as if he doesn't care about what's going on inwardly. He actually cares most about what's going on inwardly and desires that the way you live outwardly would be a reflection of what's actually going on 
inwardly. Now, Jesus, as we're about to read in a few moments, Jesus is about to do a mic drop. He's about to insult. He's about to go crazy on this group of religious people. Now, Jesus is going to say some words that some of you are like, I don't remember that on the flannel graph. Like, I don't remember that in Veggie Tales. I don't remember that nice hippie Jesus talking like that. We're about to read some of his harshest words, but here's what you need to know about this. This is really important. If you're the note-taking type, write this down. These words that we are about to hear were directed towards religious people. These were not words directed towards people who don't follow Jesus. So you know what's really fun? If you're in this room and you're not a follower of Jesus, this is going to be awesome for you because what Jesus has to say doesn't actually apply to you at this moment. You get to look at us Christians and say, are they actually living up to what they believe? Now, my desire is if you're not following Jesus, that you would be so compelled by these words, that you would be so moved by the fact that he actually cares about your heart, that you would eventually want to give your entire lives to him. But as we look at these words, you need to remember that Jesus is being very harsh, and he's being very harsh with religious people. He's being very harsh with Christians. He's being very harsh with the worship team. He's being very harsh with adult leaders. He's being very harsh with the pastor. And as you read these words, as you read these words, it can be tempting to think, man, Jesus is a real jerk. So before we read his words, I want you to hear his heart. The first underline, if you're, if you're in the note-taking type on your sermon sheet, the first underline is this. God's truth is often misunderstood when it's not connected to his heart. God's truth is often misunderstood when it's not connected to his heart. So we are about to read his truth, but before we read his truth, I want you to hear his heart so that when he says some hard things to you and me, we know that it comes from a heart that loves us and wants the best for us. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 12, two things that are important to Jesus' heart. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the first thing that Jesus is really concerned with is you as a follower of Jesus being a humble person. He wants you to be a humble person. This means you think of others more often than you think of yourself. It doesn't mean that you think less of yourself or that you pity yourself or you don't think that you have any worth and value. You have all the worth and value in the world because God created you in his image. But to be humble is to make a decision that you are going to prioritize your time, your energy, your actions. You are going to prioritize everything about your life around what would be best for other people. That you're going to prioritize giving glory to God above yourself. And here's what's interesting is Jesus says, look, if you live a life of status, if you live a life of being fake, if you live a life of exalting and elevating yourself, you're ultimately going to be humbled and have zero significance. But if you choose the path of humility... If you choose the path of humility, you will be exalted. The second big point is this. God values and uses humility over status every time. That God values and uses a humble person. Somebody who thinks about the needs of others. Somebody who says, I want to serve I want to be a blessing. I don't want all the attention on me, but how can I bless and care for and love and serve others? That is the kind of person that ultimately gets exalted. And I know this would be kind of awkward, but where's Josh Tatum? 
Where's Josh Tatum? Where are you at? Josh, come up here real quick. Come up here. I know you hate this, Josh. Come up here. So, um, give it up for Josh. Give it up for Josh. So, he may quit after this. We'll see. But Josh, Josh is an incredible example of what we're talking about. Do you know why? Josh shows up here oftentimes, unless he's working crazy shifts. Josh shows up before any of you show up. He puts out the cones to make sure no cars hit you. That would be like a Debbie Downer moment for us in HSM. He, he puts the cones out. He cleans up trash. He sets things up. He stays here till the very end. I mean, Josh is the epitome of a servant. If we need some help putting out things or putting out the flyers on the chairs, he is always the first to help. Yeah. And you know what's awesome about Josh? Yeah, give it up for Josh. <laughs> you know what's awesome about Josh? Is Josh is the perfect example of this. He doesn't pass out flyers and then come get me and go, Eric, look at what I did. Look at that one and that one and that one and that one and that. He doesn't do that, right? He doesn't do all these things and then try to get everyone in the room. Hey, take an Instagram photo of me like, like on my knees, like serving the chair. Like he doesn't do that. He just does it. He lives a humble life. But what's awesome is all of us have seen this. All of us have been blessed by this. And in this moment and other moments, he's actually being exalted. So it is not a bad thing to honor somebody when they are being humble. In fact, it's what we're supposed to do. So as you're thinking about this idea that Jesus values humility, I think watching Josh's life is a really, really great example. I even think of Abby, Abby Tori. She um, is always in here putting out the flyers, doing all that stuff. She's so quick to do that. There's so many of you that we could point to that are this exactly what we're talking about. Give it up for Josh. You can have a seat. I love you, man. Um, and here's what a humble person asks. A humble person asks three questions. The first one is this. If you want to truly be a humble person, these are the three questions you need to ask. Number one, who can I serve? Who can I serve? Number two, where can I serve? And number three, how can I not make this about me? Who can I serve? Where can I serve? How can I not make this about me? Number two. Number two, when it comes to Jesus loving us and caring for us and, and actually understanding his heart, comes from Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. See, before he says these powerful woes, before he lays into the religious leaders, he starts with saying, I'm all about humility. Choose to be a humble person. And then he ends with this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. You guys, when I was reading that this week, preparing for this sermon, I felt so convicted. I felt so convicted by that last line where Jesus says, I have longed and I desire to bring you close to me, and yet you're not willing. It made me think about this idea that unwillingness to seek God on my part weighs heavy on his heart that an unwillingness to seek after God on my part, it weighs heavy on his heart. Jay Ramey, did you hear that little rap? Did you hear that rhyme? I don't know if you want to use that, but feel free. It ain't copyrighted yet. Listen, an unwillingness on your part to seek God, 
it actually burdens God's heart. You see, sometimes I think we think of God and we're like, man, he's got like seven billion people to manage. Holy cow. Um, He's probably super busy. (sighs) If I don't read my Bible this morning, he probably won't even notice. Like, he's like Sandy, he's got so busy, right? He's got so many houses to hit, he won't even notice. Or man, you know what? Like, going to church this Sunday, it's not that important. Like, and honestly, I, I think God could care less. The scriptures say that when you and I don't prioritize our relationship with God, when we have an unwillingness in our heart to connect with him, that it hurts God, that it breaks his heart. So you see, God's heart for you is that you would be humble, that you would be thinking about others, that you would prioritize your relationship with him. It's like Brinley and I have this saying almost every night when I put her to bed and multiple times throughout the day, I look at Brinley and I say, Brinley, I don't just love you. And she says, I like you. So we say, I don't just love you. Here, we're gonna do it on the count of three. I say, I don't just love you. You say, I like you. One, two, three. I don't just love you. This is what we say back to each other. And you know what that means? You know what that means for us? It means that we love each other, but I really like being around her. I really like hanging out with her. And I want her to always know that, that her dad will always love her, but her dad also really likes who she is. And Jesus will always love you, and he actually likes who you are. He created you in his image for a relationship with himself, and he adores you. And when we don't prioritize him, it hurts him. It affects him. So knowing that that is God's heart, let's read the woes. Chapter, Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 25. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Dang, Jesus. It's like, dang, Gina, but dang, Jesus. Woe to you. He calls them, he calls these people hypocrites. You know what it means to be a hypocrite? It means you're a phony. It means you're a poser. It means you're a fake. He says, woe to you hypocrites. I want to know why. Like, what did they do? What did they do to earn this title from Jesus? You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Verse 27, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, meaning to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with others. You appear to be righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Whoa. Jesus is not holding back. And you know what he's calling out? He's calling out their tendency to show off instead of show up. He's calling out the fact that they are more interested in looking the part, more interested in pretending to be Christian, more interested in what other people think about them than the reality of who they actually are and the authenticity of their relationship with God. Back in this day, there was a cultural practice of you would whitewash the tombs to make them look really pretty and clean. And essentially what Jesus is saying is you are so interested in looking pretty and clean on the outside, but inside, like in your heart, you are the equivalent of a dead corpse. 
and friends because I love you and because you know his heart for you. Some of you look really clean and spiritual on the outside, but on the inside, you are like a dead corpse. And Jesus says, I'm not okay with that. In fact, I desire for you to focus on your heart, focus on your motivations, focus on your thought life. You could say, oh, I'd never go that far with a girl. I'll never do that. But the things you're clicking online, the things you're thinking about that you're allowing your mind to just be consumed by, tell us that there's something wrong there. There's a disconnect. Maybe you're saying, man, I'm a leader, I love Jesus, I'm all about him, but the way you treat your body, the way you spend your time, the sin that you are so willing to participate in, it doesn't even phase you anymore. And yet you stand up in Bible clubs or on stages or come here and pretend like everything's okay. Now remember, Jesus says this because he desires for you to be humble and he wants to be close to you. He doesn't want to have the image of closeness with you. He wants to have actual closeness with you. So what does that look like? Flip with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Notice it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness, your right relationship with God and right relationship with others. Don't be, be careful not to practice that in front of other people. Jesus is not saying don't practice your faith. In fact, we all have to be practicing our faith. We all have to say, okay, Jesus, I want to love you today. I want to serve you today. Part of practicing your faith is reading your Bible. But, but if you're only reading your Bible when you're getting up in Bible club to show everybody that you have a Bible... That's a problem. If you're only reading your Bible when it comes to small group times, that's a problem. Jesus says, practice your faith. Like, practice the life of following Jesus. But don't do it with the motivation that I want other people to see me. But instead, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The last blank is resist the temptation to show off and instead choose to show up. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice following me, but in a way that doesn't get you any praise or any attention. You guys, I'm deeply convicted of this. Before you hear me just railing on you and being harsh with you, I am the biggest hypocrite of this. I'm the biggest failure of this in the room. That it is so easy for me. In fact, a prayer that the Lord has been teaching me to pray recently is this. Jesus, I need you more than I need to get stuff done. Because honestly, I'm prone to just get stuff done and put my relationship with Jesus on the back burner. He's been teaching me to pray, Jesus, I need you more than I need a good sermon idea. Because oftentimes I'm digging in the word to prepare a message for a group of people. But I wanna have the kind of secret relationship with Jesus that nobody else gets to see that is just about Jesus and I focusing. And then he says, when you go and give to the needy, do it in a way that nobody else notices. 
I want you to think right now, who are the needy in your life? What do they need and what can you give them? What do they need and what can you give them and how can you do it in a way where no one else is snapping photos of you, posting, tweeting, texting about you, saying how great you are? What would it look like for you to take off the mask, stop being fake, and instead practice your faith in an authentic way? Prioritizing your relationship with Jesus, not because you have to, but because you get to and because he desires it. And then what would it look like to give to the needy and to serve? Sarah and I did this a while ago, and I think we're going to start it back up again, where in the morning we would make a decision. We've done this a handful of times together where we woke up in the morning, we said, today, let's do something for Jesus. Let's serve him in some way and not tell a single soul about it and not even tell each other. Like, it's just, that's going to be our challenge today. We're both going to do it, but here are the rules. We can't tell anyone else about it, and we can't even tell each other about it. Now, you've heard me say in marriages, there shouldn't be any secrets, but this is an okay secret. So we have these secrets in our marriage. And what's been so fun is we've done this a handful of times where we challenge each other, and we're not allowed to ask each other about it. We're not allowed to brag about it. It literally are these secret things that we do just with Jesus that no one else knows about. Students, I wonder what it would look like for you to wake up tomorrow morning, to spend time with Jesus, not with cameras or Instagrams or things on you, but just because you know he wants you. And then to love and serve and give to the needy and care for people, not because others will notice, but because God has called you to take off that mask and to truly do it out of the motivation of your heart that it is worshipful to Jesus, that it is honoring to him, and that he loves you. I understand, I understand that this could be scary. And maybe some of you are like, look, I- I've tried to talk to that friend about Jesus, and it's really hard. I tried once, and it was scarier. Man, honestly, like three times I've tried to talk to the neighbor next to me and invite them to church, and, and it just didn't go well. So I- I'm just, I'm uncomfortable with it. I've tried it before. If you've tried something a handful of times and you're already giving up on it, let me ask you this question. How many things in life can you really, really do well if you've only tried it two or three times? I got little toddlers. I watch my toddlers try to brush their teeth like two or three times. It's a mess, right? Like it's in their hair. It's going nuts. I mean, if, if you looked at a toddler and said, man, they tried to brush their teeth three times, they should just cut that out. That'd be a bad thing. But you got to keep trying it. you got to keep practicing your faith. And as you practice it, now Charlie's six, he's a pro on the teeth brushing. You know what I mean? He's just great at the teeth brushing. Lila, horrible at it. There's toothpaste everywhere, spit everywhere. It's disgusting. But as you practice your faith, as you give more energy and time to it, I think you are going to see God do something in your heart and to make you more like himself and to use you not so that others will notice, but because that's what it means to worship Jesus. Let me pray, and then we'll get you in small groups. Heavenly Father, thank you for these students. I ask God that as they go into their small groups, that they would process and debrief and discuss in deeper detail what it looks like to not be fake, to not show off, but instead to show up in our relationship with you and in the ways that you want to use us in your world. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.